From Madison, Wisconsin, World Dairy Expo presents The Dairy Show, the digital meeting place of the global dairy industry, where we sit down to talk cows, cutting edge technology, and the colored shavings. Hi, friends. If you are a regular listener of this podcast, you already know that my name is Katie Schmidt, and you've likely realized that today is not a typical podcast release day of The Dairy Show. And you are correct, which is why we're going to call this a bonus episode. I realized the other day while I was recording with one of our upcoming guests that my experiences in the dairy industry, whether it's the trips I've taken, articles I've read, my time at Expo, the people I've met, or simply being raised on the farm, impact every conversation that I have with guests and influence the types of questions that I ask. And at times, the guests that I invite on. And after hosting The Dairy Show for almost two years, I thought that maybe it was time for you all to get to know me a little better. And I didn't want to do that on my own. So since today is Father's Day, I thought the best person to help tell this part of the story and to help you all get to know me is my dad, Mark Schmidt. So welcome to the podcast, Dad. Yeah, it's nice to be able to to share with you today. Yeah, and happy Father's Day. How does your special day feel? Oh, it's uh, it's it's always it's nice to uh, celebrate uh, Father's Day when I have uh, four wonderful children, and and um, they've all grown up to be uh, very active in agriculture, and and uh, that was my passion all the time, and they uh, have uh, have lived up to what mom and I have taught them when they were growing up. So dad, we usually start episodes with having guests introduce themselves, but this is a little unique here what we're doing. So I'm going to actually have you start with talking about the history of Schmidt Dairy. How did the farm come to be and how has it evolved over the years? I I guess the the partnership of the farm uh, started with... uh, my father, uh, Ralph, and my brother, Al, and, uh, and my mom, I guess, Mary Lou. Um, that's how uh, we devised the, the realm of prefects. It was the R-A-L from Ralph and the M-A from uh, Mary Lou, and uh, also the R from Ralph and A-L for Al and M-A for Mark. So it fit all of our, our names, and it was the first prefix that we submitted in our, for our first registered cows back in the uh, mid 70s 74 75 range and and uh, that kind of started our our registered uh, history here at, at Realma it grew rather quickly when uh, i had a great interest in uh, registered cattle in uh, 4h i had a, a really really good show cow that was great in my uh, high school years and uh, she competed and uh, at all the local areas and state fair as a as a great cow, but I could never show her against a registered cow, and that was that was my passion that I could that I could compete in the registered cow classes. So we started buying uh, registered calves and cows that we could afford when we were in um, high school already. Uh, the money that we earned from working on the farm, we we pooled together, and and between my brother and I and my dad, sometimes we pull together and and buy another registered cow. And turn around and try to sell them a few of them once in a while to make a little money, and hence the the farm and the herd grew, I guess, and uh, went all registered over the years. And uh, that's uh, kind of the start of Rauma. 
we uh, were very fortunate that, that I found a foundation cow back when I was in high school uh, looking for a, a kind of a, a diamond in the rough on a herd sale. And uh, I, find, I found a five-year-old cow that uh, was the foundation to uh, my uh, faith cow family. The, the, the cow that I bought was the, the premier cow in that herd, a very poor herd, and she stood out like a sore thumb with about double the production. And uh, we got her home and she was a great cow. And, and uh, she started a great, great family of cows for us with strength and power and, and longevity. And now we're out probably 13, 14 generations away from that cow that I bought back when I was in high school. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a long run on the, with that cow family. And it's it's totally replaced every other registered cow that we, we own on our farm. It, it is the dominance of the cow family and through the ET program. And they uh, have had overcome our herd probably 10 years ago already more, that there has been nothing else than other than faith genetics in our herd. And uh, so it's been fun. Uh, they breed true and it's lots of fun. We've had, the kids have had a lot of fun showing cattle from the, 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 the family. We've had some, some competitive cows at the state and, and the junior show nationally. And yeah. Yeah, I can attest to the to the fun in showing my, well, I have two favorite show heifers. One would be a granddaughter of Faith, a forbidden flyer. And I would have delivered this calf when I was all of eight or nine, probably. I just remember it was December 1st, and she was the fourth heifer calf that I helped deliver that day. And I was watching Toy Story while you were milking, and I kept going out and checking this cow. And I ended up being there when she was born and, and made sure she was good to go. But she was probably the first calf I remember delivering. And then I got to show her later that year as a really nice winter calf. And then the other one, of course, being Sugar Cookie, who would be a great granddaughter of Faith through the Fudge and Christmas Cookie line. Um, she would have been a shuttle. And she was my showmanship heifer at State Fair that I actually got to win showmanship with. And I think that that moment is actually what I relate to people who show at Expo with, because I just remember walking out of that show ring feeling like I was floating, like my feet didn't touch the ground. It was the most amazing moment for me. And I, I realized that people, when they get to Expo, it, even if they don't win, just walking out onto those shavings, like those colored shavings, that's kind of what it feels like. You just, it's incredible. It's, it's breathtaking. But yeah, the showing them has been fun. I didn't even have the best ones. Uh, the boys got those, but we don't have to get into it. So, Dad, you've been breeding registered cows now for, ooh, do I want to say how many years? 40 years? Is that about right? 50 uh, years? 50. Almost 50 years. Almost 50 years without aging you, because um, that would age me. How have you seen the cows develop since then? What stands out the most as the traits that have changed since you started doing this? I think certainly uh, the udders are so much better. The breeding programs at, through the AI companies have, have uh, really um, focused on on udder support. You know, keeping the teats tight and and they have a nice seam in the udders, and the the cows last much longer with uh, very useful type of udders. And uh, I think the components of Holsteins are better. I think uh, back in the days, uh, earlier days, if you had a three five to three seven percent butter fat on a Holstein herd, you were rather fortunate. 
Many of them are under three, five. With today's genetics, um, I think a lot of herds are at four and over. Somewhat on feeding programs, but they have focused on, on, on components in milk. And the udders and the feet, the legs, uh, the cattle have gotten bigger. Um, I know our herd is, is much bigger than it used to be. I think there's some tremendous type pedigrees and, and uh, cattle out there. Whenever we get to Expo, we're just marveled at uh, the quality of, of cows that can come out of herds from all over the nation. It's, um, it's and, and Canada, I guess, too. But uh, we um, really, really enjoy that. I mean, we love to breed good cows here. That's our goal is to have very good two-year-olds and excellent three- and four-year-olds. And uh, that's, uh, we get to Expo and, and uh, you just, uh, you're amazed on, on how good they, these cows can be with good care. You know, people really care for these cattle from the time they're, they're born with uh, the way they're fed and uh, growing out rather quickly. They, they certainly uh, calve cattle way sooner now than when we uh, were back in the, know 70s and 80s uh cattle were always 26 to 28 months old before they ever calve well the accelerated feeding programs and calves and and high protein rations and some through genetics they're, they're they get big enough to calve at you know 22 to 24 months already you know and can compete in, in herds and do well so you mentioned at the beginning dad that breeding cows and, and dairy is really your passion and i've seen that growing up my entire life but what is it about it that, you know, really drives that passion or sparks that passion? Or was there a moment when you were a kid that you were like, this is what I want to do the rest of my life? I don't know. I, I think it, it's kind of, it kind of gets in your blood over time. Um, as, you, if you ha- as you have success and if you have a, a passion for, for a competition to compete uh, at a production level, if it's a, if it's a, a local level, a state level, national levels. Competition is a is a, a great driving force to, for, for anybody. You know, if, if uh, you have uh, competitive friends and and uh, neighbors and that are in the same business as you, you want to be a little better. I guess I never got to World Dairy Expo as a as a young kid. I I went there. Um, I believe in '78 was my first year that I ever got to uh, World Dairy Expo. I uh, our state association. They uh, sponsored a uh, a trip uh, every year uh, for a group of uh, young Holstein people from our state, and uh, Jerry and Jan Albrecht headed up the the crew that would take us out there. You had to submit your um, criteria of, of things that you've done in the 4-H program or in junior Holsteins, and um, they analyzed that every year. And they took the, they always would take the best five. Uh, young people from the state for a free trip to Expo. I um, entered it already as a junior. They called me and said, uh, "Yeah, you're you're certainly eligible to go, and you're you're probably one of the best candidates. But we'd like you to wait till next year, as your after your senior year, before you go into college. Then well, you can go next year. Just submit your uh, information next year, and then you can go next year. So that's what I did." We went out there and we got to stop at, uh, oh, uh, I, I know we stopped at Heatherstone Farms. We went to uh, several other dairies along the way. And uh, we went to Hordes Dairyman, I think, in Wisconsin and out at Madison. Then we got to the expo to see the show. And, and uh, it, I was so overwhelmed. You know, I was just like, 
this is the greatest that, you know, at that point, you know, I had good cows at home at the time and not realizing how much better I could get and where this, the level of this breed really is. I guess those kind of things uh, with, with 4-H as a, as a kid and with my, with my grade cow and then getting to Expo young already wanted me to, to keep, keep going, you know, keep breeding good cows and, and see where it all can go. And I had a, I had a passion to breed good, good bulls. You know, I wanted bulls that would um, compete in the AI program. You know, and we had a, a couple cows that uh, were, um, were high in production. And, and uh, so early in the late seventies already, we had some bulls that entered the AI programs. And, and uh, as time went on, that just, I grew in, into even more with when we started getting faith genetics. You know, as a, a way of our herd being recognized as having good genetic is genetics through the bulls. And then um, after a while showing cattle, having to have the kids around and they, they really enjoyed the competition at the local state fairs and having lots of friends to have their cattle with and, and, um, we uh, we lease cattle to some local friends and neighbors and things. And some years there, I think there was uh, must have been fifteen or twenty head that that would leave here when it comes to show days, you know. And I always thought that you know, as I got older, I could relax, you know, and, and go to uh, some more things. But it seems like as the kids got older, they kept doing more shows, and you got to state fair time. All four of them would be gone for four or five days, and it never, the, the help never stayed home, but I think uh, it was well worth the, the effort that we had at home to let the kids enjoy the, uh, the, the moments they had. I can say I'm grateful. I don't know. I can speak for the boys, but I'm, I'm grateful that we had the chances. And you're right. I think we had trailers of, it would take us three loads to get the cows to the county fair because there was the four of us and then a cousin, um, Michael's best friend and another cousin so we had we were maxed out at two per kid and we were still 20 ahead in the show in the show string <laughs> those were some doozies of days of uh doing chores and, and at the fair as well as making sure we got chores done at home before we went to the fair and splitting it all up but yeah. i think the fun part for me growing up though with the the faith family and, and you talked about the ai interest that some of her descendants eventually got to and she had as well but that also opened up the door for international visitors to come to the farm. And I didn't realize it at the time that, you know, people went on vacations because we didn't, we, we were at home and that was great because the world was coming to us while we were taking care of the cows. I was learning different languages so I could say hello to people. And for whatever reason, you were letting me lead tour groups when I was all of 13. And I don't know why that was okay, but it was, and I knew the cows, so I could point everybody in the right directions and get them through the barn if you were out doing something. But I think it's fun now to to know that I got to do that as a kid and that my job was welcoming people from other countries to the farm. And now my job is welcoming people from other countries to World Dairy Expo. So it's really like this full circle moment for me. I can still remember when uh, we had a uh, the one daughter, uh, old man daughter, we had out of uh, Christmas fudge. Her name was uh, Christmas Cookie. And uh, Cookie was an 89.2-year-old uh, old man. 
but as a heifer already, that was Katie's uh, fun little heifer. She never showed the heifer because we did some embryo work on her and she was never fit to, to be showed, but very stylish little heifer. One day the Japanese group was here and uh, Katie came leading her Christmas cookie out. And uh, oh, they're so amazed at this old man daughter and her style and, and balance she had. And, and Katie had learned at that time how to say hello in Japanese, I believe. And, and uh, so they, 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 they took to that also. And <laughs> lo and behold, this heifer of Katie's was the first heifer they ever bought embryos from. They always wanted to buy embryos from proven two-year-olds and three-year-olds that had high genetic averages before the genomic days. Uh, but this old man uh, was a direct daughter of, of Fudge, and uh, they were so impressed that they bent the rules at the time to uh, take a chance and buy five embryos from the Christmas uh, cookie heifer. So Katie was just ecstatic over that. That's her heifer was the first sale of heifers for embryos. I don't remember this, but I'm glad I was a part of your marketing plan then. I, I was... Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, I remember that till today. She, she was, that was the first, first heifer to ever send embryos out of here. You don't remember, Katie, when you showed, you showed Christmas fudge as a heifer. I remember that. She was yeah. mean. And we would, we would go to better. She was a Durham and we would, we kept her in the barn with the calves and we would go to bed her every day or every other day with the other fair calves. And Michael would have to jump in the pen and get her attention. So she would chase him out so that we could lock her out of the pen so we could bet it. Otherwise she was chasing all of us out while we were trying to take care of her. <laughs> but you, you still managed to show her as a winter calf. I did. I did. Jonathan did not as a winter yearling. He did try. He did. And yeah. she took him across the yard a few times and he gave up. That, and then she just, she stayed home <laughs> where, where yeah. she probably belonged yeah. as a very honorary Durham, like many others. She, she earned her keep at home. She did. She did. She did her part. <laughs> so I think the other thing that I want to talk to you about, Dad, is at Valentine's Day, I get people to share like their, their expo love stories. And usually it's about cows and how they met, you know, while they were showing or they were tied across the aisle from each other. And, and all these great, great expo love stories. Well, mom is half of the reason why I am the way I am. So I feel like we have to talk about how mom came into the picture here because it also goes back to your competitive nature. So I'm going to give you the floor to share how you and mom met and how that's all worked out since. <laughs> well, um, I, I, I was showing cattle, you know, in the 4-H program and then after I got done through college in my uh, years, then the farm was so busy that I didn't show for a number of years. Finally, one year, it would have been about an 85, four or five years in there somewhere. I had a couple really good heifers that I really wanted to get out to the district show. And uh, I just I just made the time to break these heifers and take them down to the local uh, Benton County Fairgrounds for our district show. One was, a, I believe, was a, a cow that ended up being an excellent cow. She was a Sweet Haven tradition daughter. Her name was Holly. I still remember that cow, but 
we went to the fair, to that county district show, and uh, I was showing cows that day, and there was a new gal on the radio that was a, a radio broadcaster that was a, a, a new employee at the St. Cloud uh, WWJO radio station. And I had heard her voice on the radio uh, a number of times doing farm reports and, and markets and things like that. And she sounded like a real energetic person and kind of a gal that I, you know, I always like to meet people. And, and uh, so I uh, went to the district show and here, lo and behold, she was broadcasting her noon farm report from the district show. Well, this is a bit fun, maybe day that I could maybe meet her. I didn't know how I was going to approach her or how that was going to work out. But um, after I showed my heifers, I um, sat down with some of my friends and ended up being those friends were also friends of Natalie's. And so we, I kind of sat down in that area and, and, and started talking to them. And, and Natalie came over there to, to talk to them also. And we met that way. Uh, just at that local district show. Natalie's boss at the time, she already had said, had told Natalie that there's this dairy farmer from up at Rice that you got to meet. Sherry was at that show also that day, and she was on a, on a mission that she was going to get us two together that day. Well, before she got the connections of both of us to meet each other, we found each other through another mutual friend. So we talked and got to know each other a little bit. And uh, I don't think a week or so later, we went out on a, our first date to a, a ball game. It was a dairy, dairy night at the Dome. They had a, a dairy program through the ADA back in the 80s. I had won tickets on that radio station for a, a free trip down to the ball game. So I went down to the ball game, and uh, lo and behold, Natalie went as one of the chaperones on the buses. And so we got to, to meet down at the, the ball game to watch the Twins ball game. Wait, was your first date a free date? Oh, sure. Neither one of you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly don't know if there's, I've never heard that part of this story, but I don't know if there's a better way to explain all of this than that story. The fact that your first date was a free event. <laughs> yes. I didn't pay I didn't pay for the bus ride down and I didn't have to pay for the tickets to get in the game or nothing. So yeah, that was that's the first time we got to sit together in the ball game and have, have some fun. But I did ask her out after that. I oh, did have good, to pay for good. a few a few dates later before we married. Eventually eventually <laughs> you got to paying the dates. Got it. Yes. Yes. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, we did meet at a dairy show, though. I know that. She was a, a beef person from Illinois, and she had moved up to Minnesota for this job on the radio. So she knew nothing about cows. And that was the saving grace that my uh, that Natalie always says all the time, because I was um, quite particular the way I wanted my cows taken care of and the calves and how we, we managed the dairy. Well, being a beef person, she loved being outside. She liked cattle, but she had no bad habits from a, a former dairy farm that she grew up on. And everything she learned, she had about the dairy she learned from us. It was a good fit. She knew how to clip cattle because she showed beef cattle. And she knew how to drive a stock trailer because she showed her beef cows and she had to drive a stock trailer around at the county fair. 
and uh, back up the trailer so she could back up a manure spreader and trailers and and around the farm. And boy, she was just a good fit all around. It sounds like you were looking for some farm labor. I don't know. (laughs) 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 She's been a great partner. And a great mom. I am am very grateful as well. Okay, so I think the last thing we have to cover, we've mentioned that I have brothers. There's three of them, Jonathan, Michael, and Austin. I'm the third of the four, and we're all mixed in there together. And you've talked about the beginning, how we're all involved in agriculture today, which is really fun for you as a parent. And it's fun for us as siblings because we have that very shared connection and shared purpose. Do you want to quickly touch on what it is all of the boys are doing right now? My oldest son, uh, John, he is going to be 31, I believe, this fall. He's in uh, agriculture in uh, fertilizer, uh, plant agronomy work. Um, He works for a co-op and uh, is the manager, uh, the agronomist at the co-op. The feed place in came uh, in North Branch, I believe, is is the is the town that he's in now with Peterson Company. But uh, he's very passionate about plants. He's always loved plants. He loved to plant the gardens. He loved flowers. He was just a alfalfa test trials, and he always loved plants when he was growing up. You know, the cows were he he showed cows, and that was fine. But um, he loved plants, and he followed that passion to the University of Minnesota and uh, in agronomy and now he's been working in agronomy ever since as a wife and three wonderful little children uh from four two and one i believe the other oldest was just turned four and then uh, the little boy and then two little girls that are are one and two and a half right now and ethan ethan is going to start his show career this summer so it's going to be a big summer for him showing tiktok is that right TikTok, TikTok yes. from TikTok. TikTok. Yes. Right, out of Twix. Yes. yes. So his his yeah, he gets to start his show career. But I told John there that he would probably have to help Ethan the first year showing. And uh he said that uh Ethan said told him that he wanted grandpa to, because grandpa's got the cows, so grandpa's gotta help him show the calf. So I guess uh, I have a, a new uh, person to break into the show ring this summer. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've got you've got big duties yeah. as Ethan's number one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we got to get uh, TikTok, TikTok ready for the show this in, in August. So that'll be fun. That'll be lots of fun. And my second son, Michael, he's uh, in uh, animal genetics, dairy genetics. He worked for Accelerate Genetics for a time, and then he went on and got his master's degree in genetics down in Florida. Now he is employed at Peak Genetics, and uh, he's working as a geneticist there and, and selecting um, bulls and matings and uh, through their lottery systems they have through the different uh, AI companies. Uh, very busy. He knows way more about genetics on the genomic end of things and how things work. And we have some discussions sometimes that I uh, we don't agree on all the time because I'm maybe a little bit old school yet about what it takes to make a really, really good cow. And the pace of genetics these days with uh, in vitro fertilizations and all the embryo stuff and the way they edit things, and I, it's just mind-blowing on, on how they manage genetics. 
So he's on top of all that. Busy young man. He was married uh, for two years, and he lost his wife last summer in a very, very tragic uh, event. She passed away very quickly um, at a hospital last uh, August. It was a big loss for all of us. But we're all trying to recover from that. He, uh, he seems to be doing fine, and uh, we'll uh, always remember Sarah forever. And Michael's living out here in Madison now, so we have both managed to move away from home and now live a half an hour away from each other. Yeah. My youngest son, Austin, uh, and also the biggest uh, one of our <laughs> tallest. children. We have to give the him tallest. The tallest. <laughs> not, yeah, the tallest. He is uh, considerably taller than I am at 6'5". He, uh, he, he graduated from the University of Minnesota in, uh, in dairy science. He, uh, in production, agricultural production. He uh, worked a year, couple, two years here at the farm with me, and he wanted some experience away from the farm. So two years ago, he took a job with Drumgoon Dairy out in uh, South Dakota. They were building a new robotic barn for uh, 1,500 cows, and he wanted the experience of managing uh, a large-scale robotic dairy for a while and uh, to see what, what uh, that side of, of uh, farm management was. Uh, Drumgoon at the time had about 5,000 cows already, in a uh, parlor setup, two different parlors, and uh, they built that new uh, robotic barn on site to uh, add to their collection of cows. I actually had Rodney on as a guest of the podcast about a year ago. Austin had just left, so actually might have been this past fall. Rodney was a guest on the podcast, so we learned all about Drumgoon and and what they're doing out there, which thanks to Austin, I, I know about Drumgoon Dairy. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, I know during the startup, uh, we had our herd sale in the fall of 20. So I didn't have any cows to milk for that one winter. So that was when Austin was starting up the dairy, starting up that new barn out there. And I went out there in one of their startup phases and helped work in the barn. And uh, so I got to know Rodney and David and the crew there uh, at Drumgood. And uh, very nice, very nice people. I really, really enjoyed the couple days I was there. So Austin was there about a year or so, and then he uh, decided that, you know, he really loved agriculture and he wanted to be uh, a little bit of his own boss to and, uh, um, get somewhere in, in, in uh, farming. So he realized that, you know, my brother and I were both getting up in some years of, of uh, our age and our bodies are starting to wear out a bit. And, and uh, he wanted a chance to farm here. And so he came back home last fall. And uh, now we got the, the barn full of uh, milking cows again, a very young herd of cows. We calved all two-year-olds of our own, and now we're calving back those two-year-olds as three-year-olds and have a really, really enjoyable herd of cows that are still all faith genetics with great udders and have uh, a lot of youth and potential. It's, uh, it's been fun, you know, that, to have someone back to help run the farm and have some interest in the genetics and the cows and the future of, of agriculture. It's fun as uh, one of the siblings who left to know that somebody chose to go home and farm. I think it's something that a lot of people in, in my situation would feel where I know that it's not right for me to be back, but it's really just great to see that somebody decided that it was right for them. So, and it's great for Austin. It's wonderful. I, I love going home and helping when I can, but um Speaking of helping, I know you've got cows to feed this afternoon. 
So I will let you go take care of that. But thank you so much, Dad, for helping people get to know a little bit about my background in dairy. Yep. No, Katie's had this this uh, passion for agriculture and cattle since she was a little, little kid already. She just uh, loved, loved the competitive competitiveness of, of um, the showing and, and being involved outside. She she had to be competitive with three brothers <laughs> and so no <true>. sisters. <laughs> so true. She had to she had to hold her own, you know, and she didn't uh, she never did back down. She was uh, always always there to do chores, and and uh, she uh, always had this great interest in in the cows, you know, and, and the genetics of the cows, and and uh, she'd always be sometimes the go-to person to try to figure things out when. There was genetic things and fat cow families and what which cow comes from where and and uh, she seemed to be able to follow those maternal lines really really quick you know not not having near as much history of it as I had but she could pick it up really quick really really quick and so it's it was I think that's compliments of my days feeding calves I was naming them and spending so much time with them. And since I was naming them, I was like, oh, well, naturally, she goes back to this one, who goes back to this one, who goes back to this one. Of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. It only made sense in my head, but it made sense. But it's so much fun. It's been great. And it's fantastic that I've found a place where I can continue to do this, even if I'm not around cows every day. Yeah. And I thank you so much. I uh, appreciate the the visit and sharing some things um, of, of our farm with you and for the rest of the people that listen to your program. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Dairy Show. We hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to hit like and subscribe wherever you are listening to us today. And of course, don't forget to tell your friends about how much you are enjoying The Dairy Show. We would love to have them join us as well. And last but not least, if you have any comments for us, send us an email at wde at wdexpo.com. We would love to hear from you. 